0: Alright, how we doing everybody? It is 4-30-20. I'm your host Will Reddington and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. Huge episode today, one of my favorites ever. We have an NFL Draft Marathon separate segments with Austin Bickett, Dylan Bickle, Shea Martin, and Pat Sheehan. We're going to hit on anything and everything draft related and even some non-draft related stuff. All the guys have different topics. I really, really enjoyed this one so I hope you all do too. Before we get started, our show is brought to you by O'Shea's Irish Pub. O'Shea's is still thriving in the midst of a pandemic because of the consistent carryout success. Let's keep that going. Open 3 to 9 all weekend. Call 502-589-7373 to place your order. All right, let's get it going. All right, Austin, nice to see you after somewhat of a sports weekend. The most we're going to get for a really long time. Uh, The draft, it definitely came at a time of need. It might have been the best one ever. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it was the best one ever, just based on the circumstances. It was the most watched one by a mile, which was pretty predictable, and it felt like an actual sporting event, like a a game, not like a draft. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it more than I ever have in the past, and it looks like the rest of
0: America did as well. Definitely, I usually am not huge on watching the draft. I always have it on. It's it's nice to have on one of your TVs while you're watching other sports and kind of just chime in. Oh, that's who they picked. That's who they picked. And it's crazy that it did so well with Roger Goodell up there doing all the talking, like kind of the star of the show because he just has zero personality.
1: Yeah, that kind of made it almost more entertaining though, just to see him try to be like likable and try to act like a human for once, but. I mean, the first night he was he was pretty solid. I mean, he did a good job, but the second night he was just miserable up there, and you could tell, and it looked like he was just on some drugs or drank a little too much or stayed yeah. up way past
0: his bedtime or something because he changed his clothes five times. Gets in his you comfortable know. chair. Did he even show up for day three?
1: No, but the commission – so when the draft is normally, like a normal draft in a normal world where there's other sports on, I think Adele always only does the first round, and then they have yeah. like – celebrity right.
0: pickers and the backup
1: commissioner does it so i don't know why he did rounds two and three at all but he did and he looked like he was not prepared to do two and three
0: no i mean he was america's biggest star for two <laughs> nights and i just don't necessarily know that he's built for that but um either way hilarious and great move by him you know it's like you know you're the commissioner yeah. of the nfl uh, everybody needs a hero why not make it yourself
1: yeah everybody hates you i mean i guess it's time to try to get some good pr when there's nothing else to do or talk about
0: he did all he could he owned the booze you got to respect it. Uh what was your you're going first. So, what was your favorite part of the draft?
1: Um besides just there being something to watch in our nice Zoom call of all of us drinking and watching live sports. It was a, I kind of liked the virtual draft almost better than the um the real draft. It's always cool seeing the guys walk on stage, but getting to look into all these people's houses and their family reactions and all like the um the guy the 49ers drafted Kenlaw, I think, his dad like passed out on the ground because he grew up a 49ers fan his whole life. Uh, It's. I mean, it's kind of the coolest thing every year. But just seeing the family reactions. I mean, these kids work their whole life to get to this one moment, and then it finally hits. Like, you wake up broke, and by the end of the day, you're a millionaire. Like, it's kind of hard to imagine any other line of work where that would be a reality. I can't imagine the feeling, sitting around waiting to become a millionaire. So I thought that was pretty cool.
0: I mean, that is such a phenomenal, serious heartfelt answer from you. You know, I'm absolutely yeah. shocked. I couldn't agree more, but it's just very off brand for you as a person. Uh, my favorite part <laughs> of the draft was uh the CD Lamb phone drama. You know, just by far. Oh yeah, that's also up there. It, this was absolutely hilarious. CD Lamb gets drafted and he's got two phones and he's talking <laughs> on the phone to uh probably somebody from the Cowboys and then he's got his other phone which uh you know, the Lord knows what that's for, but his girl she takes it, and she looks like she's going to do something with it, and he takes it back, and he's it like, nah, snatched. nah, Immediate. swiper, no swiping. She didn't call <laughs> it. He takes it back. So, you, you know, this couldn't be us. Couldn't be us behaving like C.D. Lamb did right there. I don't know about you, but I'm an absolute open book with my phone.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have two phones, so I'm, I feel like I'm already at a disadvantage to C.D. Lamb. I also probably don't have as many people texting and calling me as he does, but— Apparently, they came out and said that his agent was calling him or something, and she was just trying to silence it. but I don't I don't really buy that. I, I can't imagine him snatching that out of her hand if that was the case,
0: oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, he he tweets about it and addresses it, which was already a mistake. And he didn't say that when he addressed it. So they probably just came up with that after just vigorous hours of trying to come yeah. up with an excuse for his actions. But, you know, let's talk about that. let's let's talk about how, you know how protective are you over your phone? You know, it's a, uh, it, it's your whole life. Yes. But yeah, you know, I, I'm not, I don't have anything to hide on my phone really, but, yes. but also
1: when someone has my phone, I feel uncomfortable because I'm like, what is actually all on there? You know what I mean?
0: Sure. Like, you're like I don't, f-
1: I don't have like <laughs> any bad pictures I don't want leaked or any messages I don't want people to see or whatever. But like, I don't even know what all on my phone because I, I mean, our whole lives are on our phone and yeah. shit that we don't even like realize is even on there. So I still feel uncomfortable when somebody has my phone, but not to the point where I'm about to snatch it out of somebody's hand. Especially on sure. TV. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, that's just a good answer. And that's exactly how I feel. My phone is is open to anyone that would like to see it, you know? Like, have at it. Go nuts. And you really can't knock the girl. She's dated Trey Young, apparently. Too. Yeah, I, saw, I, don't you saw yeah, I don't I don't understand why he got into that at all. Weird of him to tweet and comment on the situation given that yeah. it was his next girlfriend maybe he just knew that the internet would find that out and it would be hilarious for everybody and that me and you could eventually talk about it on red talk yeah but probably the girl trey young cd lamb it's a hell of a track record and you know how long she's been in oklahoma <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess if she was a freshman when trey young was a freshman the math would work out but yeah if it's just four years it's a hell of a run even drake on the legendary track lord knows i mean he goes through <laughs> someone's phone it has happened and it's it's okay
1: yeah, I mean, this happens all the time. It usually doesn't happen on national TV
0: in the biggest moment of somebody's life. Very true. Absolutely hilarious. CD Lamb was 30 to 1 to fall to the Cowboys. He did so. That's a great steal for the Cowboys. 30 to 1. That's pretty cool for anybody who had that. But guess what, CD Lamb? You know what else is cool? Honesty and trust. Yeah, I would say that's almost cooler. <laughs> the Broncos, your team, you were so excited on draft night on this call. Yes. I mean, you literally were, you look like you're watching a playoff game. I mean, that's what it feels like when you haven't had team success in five years. And they really did. Like, it's not even just you being biased. Every draft article you see has the Broncos getting like an A-plus on their draft grade. They killed it. They kind of filled out their team needs, and they got a lot of really talented guys. What would you think?
1: Yeah, so I, like you said, I could not have been happier. Judy was the guy I wanted all along. Didn't think he'd be there at 15 And then when we get to 15, we have him and CD on the board at that time. So I'm like, okay, we can't mess this up. Either one I'm happy with. Judy was my preference, and we got him. Um, Yeah, I haven't been this excited about a Broncos team, especially a Broncos offense, since the Peyton Manning years, which doesn't seem like that long ago, but it it has been five years now. So that's a long time in football terms, and I cannot wait for the season to start, hopefully in September. We also got K.J. Hamler, who I gave as my fifth best receiver on uh, the last Red Talk. Which that's just my opinion, but either way, he's a. We got two of the top seven or eight receivers in this class to go with Lock, Fant, Lindsey, and Gordon. So, as long as Lock can be what I think he can be, and he doesn't even have to be great, he just has to be solid and always put all the weapons around him. For I mean, he's all in on Lock, and I love to
0: see that yeah i mean they completely filled out their offense and like you said last week on red talk we did a draft preview and you liked hamler you get him and then you also say like i'm taking a flyer on jerry judy at seven to one to go to the broncos it happens i mean the night couldn't have gone better for you and now like like you said the kind of world rests on drew lock's shoulders because all all the other guys like you think if you get a really talented quarterback in there you could put the broncos skill position players on you know the chiefs or something. They're, they're winning the super bowl it's a
1: I love how Elway approached this draft because after we got a receiver in round one, everybody, including myself, was like, all right, we got that. Let's um, sure up the offensive line. Let's get some help on defense. We don't need as much help on defense as some teams, but, you know, we still have some polls like everybody. I love how he was like, we're in the Chiefs division. We're going to be with Patrick Mahomes for the next 15 years. We have to score 30 points a game if we want to win in this division. So, I mean, I, I – I love that. Elway gets a bad rep for being um, like a bad GM, I guess, because of the quarterbacks he's drafted. And that's fair. He traded up for Tim Tebow and Paxton Lynch, which both just turned out horribly. But other than that, he's been a pretty good GM. I mean, the free agency's got to come to Denver. He got Emmanuel Sanders. He obviously got Peyton Manning. Um, he drafted Vaughn Miller. He drafted Bradley Chubb. He's the last two rookie classes before this year were or Last year it was Noah Fan and Drew Locke, and then the year before that was Courtland Sutton, and then Philip Lindsay unsigned, and Bradley Chubb. I mean, we've, we're putting together great young players, and I love that he's all in around
0: Locke. Yeah, through the draft, too, and that's a direct testament to how good of a job he's done lately. And yeah, he used to be kind of one of the guys getting clowned on for Brock Osweiler and all the other guys that you listed, even though I know that you're a huge Brock Osweiler fan and you harp on his consistency. Gotta be. That's- yeah, I understand. I, I did see him live Thursday night football, color rush with the Broncos in Indianapolis. And not only was he really tall, uh, the Broncos won the game They cover the spread.
1: Yeah, he had a nice uh, touchdown run that game. Oh. Like 20 yards he, out, I
0: think. He was gone. You'd be shocked at how fast that guy is in person.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't, I'll never hate on Brock Osweiler. He, uh, Payne Manning was hurt and terrible in our Super Bowl season. And Osweiler came in, went six and two, I think. Got us the one seed, which is the only reason we won the Super Bowl. So Osweiler will always have a, Always have a spot and a ring in my heart. I mean, I'm excited for the maybe a, a playoff run from the Broncos this year. I don't expect us to win the division. Obviously, we have Mahomes. I don't expect us to win the division for the next ten years. But um, there's seven teams that get in now. People, people sleeping on that. There's an extra spot opening up. And after the you got the Ravens and the Chiefs, obviously the top. Who else is a lock to go to the playoffs in the AFC?
0: Especially with the Patriots' yeah, the pa- demise. I mean, the Patriots
1: gonna- got worse. The Texans lost their best receiver by their own doing i mean the titans are still going to be solid but they kind of made a run late in the year last year yeah uh, could be a flash in the pan colts have rivers now which no one knows how that's going to go and uh yeah and the steelers big ben's coming back but he gets injured every year browns disappointment last year i mean the, the after the top two it's wide open in the afc
0: uh bengals are going to be damn good but that's for another part okay. of the podcast Yeah, you're right, though. The Broncos are right there. They've built it through the draft the last few years. It's very impressive. And uh, yeah, just couldn't have gone better for you. I know that that probably helped quarantine out a little bit. And uh, who who knows when we're going to get to watch uh, something else that's live and sports related. But I'm hearing I'm hearing it might be June. Let's hope apparently the um, some of these NBA teams are supposed to get
1: back to their facilities next week. I don't really know how that's going to work when some can go back and some can't, but just any step in the right direction would be
0: nice. Yes, I'm down for anything. Uh, what other team do you think had a uh, uh, comparably effective draft, like an A-plus draft grade like the Broncos?
1: Uh, I think it's I think it's the Cowboys, and I don't really think it's anything they did. They just kind of got lucky, and the, these people, that there's no way you could have told me C.D. Lamb falls to 17 in the first round. He was the number one ranked receiver by a lot of experts. I thought he'd go right outside the top 10. And then they have Diggs fall to him late in the second round. I mean, I just – great job by Jerry Jones capitalizing on other people making mistakes, I guess, or just overlooking players. Uh, the Cowboys stick out to me. Obviously, you got to like what the Bengals did up front with Burrow. But, yeah, probably the Cowboys uh, – the Vikings are getting a lot of love. They got also got somebody fall to them. They had um, Justin Jefferson fall in their laps, which no one thought that would happen yeah. at 24 because the Eagles took Rager over him,
0: so – that was wild.
1: Yeah, what well, that was a uh, Mogo was not too happy, but you know he might be an okay player. I don't think he'll be better than Jefferson, but
0: uh, who knows? Yeah, uh, the Cowboys great draft, and you read the stuff going into the draft about Jerry Jones, how he's going to be by himself and all. A it concerned, it seems like yeah, it's, it's a disaster <laughs> waiting to happen. And almost every mock draft had them taking Chase on from LSU because they were going to draft defense, but they just couldn't pass up. On C.D. Lamb, I think it helps the Dak Prescott contract situation. Given that, like they're still like, "Hey, we're we're ready to build around you. We're still adding weapons." And this team's offense, for for one, that struggled a lot last year. I mean, C.D. Lamb should, in theory, really open it up. But I, I still just I don't I don't know. You see that graphic with the Cowboys' offense, and you're like, "Wow, Gallup, Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott." It, yeah, they should be really good. It still seems like one that could go out there and score like 17 points, though.
1: Yeah, that's true. And they, I know they lost, Um, was it Travis Frederick, retired off their offensive line. He was their yeah. their best lineman for, for the past eight or nine years. Yeah, I mean, it's really just um how consistent that Dak can play. He plays really good. We saw it last year. He plays really good against the teams that aren't very good. And then he played really bad or just inconsistent against better teams. And he also had that game against the Jets that I know me and you lost a ton of money on. Oh, it's, man
0: worst and, game of the year last year for us
1: yeah they still have this um this contract looming they still haven't paid him which is kind of weird since they paid zeke and cooper and demarcus lawrence and all these other guys so i mean at the end of the day most of the most of the teams in the league it comes down to the quarterback and that's what it's going to come down to in dallas as well cooper cooper kind of gets away with he doesn't really show up in the big games either yeah, very look at his stats cool. he's like one of the biggest disappearing acts in the nfl i don't know if that's him or that's Dak or and Carr, but I mean, they're going to have to show up in the big games.
0: But and, that, and to be fair to Cooper, he's never had a, a receiving core like this, seemingly yeah, this yeah. deep and this talented. So shouldn't that should be able to. Out. Yeah, he shouldn't be able to be doubled every
1: game he plays at this point, as long as CeeDee Lamb is what he's supposed to be. And Gallup's pretty nice, too.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to be good. And you also have to think about how they're in the NFC East. Uh, the Eagles got consistently terrible draft grades. Nobody's afraid of the Redskins or Giants anywhere. The Cowboys have
1: to be the favorite to win that division at this point.
0: Definitely. They had bad division last year. Worst record for a division winner. The part about the draft that social media seemed to like the least is the overload of sentimental value content. And it just seemed like every single pick, you know, somebody had to die somebody had to conquer drug addiction they had to save someone's life and it's like you know you start to wonder do you have to have something traumatic happen to you to even play in the NFL
1: I don't think it's a requirement but it is crazy how many of these guys I mean we hear the stories all the time these guys come from poverty and come from the worst parts of the country and football is their only way out same with basketball really but sports are their only way out and that's awesome when they get out but some of those stories I can see like, okay, I'm glad the ESPN shared that. But at some point, some of them I'm like, okay, that's not necessary at all. Like, it's like his second cousin's friend yes. murdered, got killed. Or like, unless it's like your immediate family or maybe like your best friend tragically dies or something. Like, I hope they cleared all those stories with the people. Like, do you care if we air this instead of just like finding it out and airing it anyways?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they, you know, they ask them some questions and they, they, they try to figure it out yeah like uh, this, is, this is the bullet points we're going to use but i mean it, it was just it was crazy i thought we were eventually going to see like uh lost grandfather at age seven on there you know like yeah, like, like what is a significant tragedy to them you know like wh- where does the line and it was always like
1: the they'd show like twos it'd be like all their stats from college and it'd be like something crazy they did in high school or one of their other hobbies and then the third it was always the bottom one it's like whole family killed in yeah.
0: 2008. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You you hate to be like um, insensitive or morbid about it, but it, it's just too much. It's just, yeah,
1: it's just crazy how ESPN capitalizes off all of that. And like I said, I it could be wrong. They could have the players could have all been like, "Yeah, you can air this." Like, yeah. I just I just hope they didn't throw these on these guys
0: that they'll just live on TV like they did it all of us. It legitimately never stopped. They were still throwing a match you in the sixth round.
1: Yeah, that that was a little weird. Like the first round's cool because like everybody knows these guys. It's nice to know their story, where they came from. Like fifth round, like just let these
0: guys enjoy the moment. It's honestly relatively impressive that they were able to. They do do their research. Yeah, all this stuff. But yeah, I think that uh, a more entertaining topic of conversation would just be simply like, hey, later rounds. What's this guy's chances of making the team? How does he fit in here? like some more NFL fit prediction style stuff versus like only college stuff being everybody being, Hey, this guy's awesome. You know, that's what they This guy fast.
1: Every year. It's crazy to me how many of these guys that they know and they scout. I mean, they do, they do a great job overall, like Kuiper and Mick Shea. Usually I know he wasn't there this year because of the Corona, but I mean, Kuiper, they just, they lock into so many of these people. And as soon as their name gets called, they know they can tell you where they went to school or stats what they had him graded all this stuff about him like a couple of facts about him it's crazy and then they were on part of my take a couple months ago and they said as soon as the drafts over they just like
0: erase all that information from their memory and start on next year that's crazy yeah i mean that it's a a very interesting line of work you know to only work on the draft Yeah, like yeah that, there's but. a lot of guys
1: that are like that but Kuiper and Mcshay obviously the two most famous ones but pretty cool job but also seems really stressful to remember all those names and all those stats and positions and all that every year
0: yeah, well, you got a year and it's your whole life. You got to make it happen. Uh, your last uh, topic for the day, uh, Jameis Winston is headed to the Saints. I think that surprised everybody. What do you think?
1: Yeah, definitely surprising to me, especially after they just gave this um, $16 million a year contract to Taysom Hill, which is also a little shocking, but not really because somebody would have paid him that much. I think this is Jameis really just realizing that he's not valued as much as he thought he was maybe before the end of the season. And this is him trying, all right, I can go into a good team that has a really good chance to win the division, make a good playoff run behind one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I can learn everything I can in one year, still make a million dollars, which is crazy. They got him for a million because I know other teams could have paid him way more than that. Yeah, I mean it's it's great for the Saints. I mean, he's about as good of a backup as you can get in the NFL, but kind of shocking by Jameis. I thought he could have went to a couple of different teams and competed for a starting spot and probably started. But I don't know. Breeze does have um, injury history and. It's a good pickup for the Saints. Definitely a good
0: value. Just a little surprising overall. Couldn't agree more. It totally said perfectly. I just thought that Jameis would be playing in the NFL this year, especially given that he had LASIK eye surgery this offseason. And he's given an interview recently saying that he can now read uh, street signs that he couldn't read before and stuff. And it's like, okay, if this guy couldn't read street signs and he threw all these touchdown passes and all these interceptions, you have to think that the good may get better And the bad may not be as bad. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm still a Jameis believer. I definitely think he's a starter in this league. I won't say he's top 10 or anything like that, but I think he's in in the top half, the top 16 in the league. I mean, I think he's a starter for sure. I don't, I guess he's going to sit this year out. Maybe Breeze gets hurt. I don't, I don't want Breeze to get hurt, but I mean, he is about 40 years old and he has got hurt the past two years. So I'm sure we'll see some Jameis at some point this year and also some Taysom Hill. Did you see that um, you can now line Taysom Hill up as tight end in fantasy?
0: He's going to be eligible for
1: that this year. He will be eligible to be lined up as tight end or flex, and he will get drafted pretty early. In most drafts, I would say people will be reaching for him. Because imagine you play him a tight end, and then he comes in and plays quarterback. I mean, you're going to beat the shit out of whoever you're playing if he has a solid game at all.
0: I wouldn't play Taysom Hill at tight end.
1: I don't know, man. I mean, tight ends is probably the hardest hardest position to come by in fantasy as long as far as getting consistent production from somebody. I think Taysom Hill's worth the risk. I'm not going to draft him high. I probably won't have him in any league because I know somebody's going to grab him before I think he should be grabbed. But I'm just saying if he – I mean, all it takes is one big play, one big passing play from him, and uh, tight end spot's looking pretty good for the week. But it is a risk because he also might not get in the game at all. So
0: <laughs> – yeah. <laughs>
1: But Sean but is obsessed with him. So.
0: Yeah, I guess if you have no tight end, you're in the late weeks like I always Ideas am. they're scary. Yeah, you know, tight ends I'm, suck. I'm starting Jusecki for the fourth week. literally. Is there anything you'd like to talk to me about?
1: Um, I saw this. The college athletes are going to be able to start getting paid for their likeness in 21, 22, something like that. I also saw this does not mean that NCAA football is coming back. Because yeah. there's no, no player union to negotiate with, so they can't bring it back
0: yeah that, so that, like, that's like what's it. even the point i know that's it <laughs> well i don't i don't think that's the only thing that the world's worried about it <laughs> may work that way for you and i but yeah i i think that the ncw no, is, is yeah. years away and people forget to like those games they, they kind of stopped selling at the time you know like at I, I don't they didn't know. know. They're they, about to be over. Yeah, exactly. Like they they weren't as as popular at the time as I think they are perceived to have been or be now. I'm sure that over the years, NCAA 14 is probably sold better than any other game that was released in 2014 because it was the last one. It's the only one you can play at college stadiums, college uniforms, college players. Yeah,
1: I mean, this is something the NCAA has to do with all this this G League stuff starting. I mean, people are gonna pick the G League over the NCAA nine out of ten times. Why wouldn't you go make? 500k instead of sitting in a classroom
0: if you have the choice and the more that make that choice the more like watchable that becomes
1: yeah i mean it's definitely something that needs to be happening i just wish it would come with the the video games as well but that'll that'll come in due time i think this is the obvious answer people always said they they couldn't get played because there'd be no way to figure out the salaries or anything like i don't the players don't need salaries. They just need to be able to make their own money.
0: Yes. Do, you know, go like, do whatever you want as long as it's legal, uh, you know, in terms of the government and, you know, get your money like everybody like, else. There's
1: no do. way with the salaries, there's no way Zion Williamson should have made the same amount as the last guy on Duke's bench. Like, that's not fair. Yeah. It's so just let, life let them let them make their own money and pictures and autographs selling their own jerseys. selling. Let them sell their game worn jerseys. I'm sure people would buy them. I mean, yeah, it's their, hurt? Yeah, it's their name. It's their likeness. This feels like something that should have been done. 20 years ago but it looks like we're finally catching up so that's pretty cool
0: yeah how about that some real progress during a quarantine i mean it, it feels impossible sometimes and then you, you get it from a place like the ncaa somewhere you would never yeah for
1: the last place you expect.
0: um yeah. how did you feel
1: about the the Rams draft. I know it
0: got started a little late, but. no, oh, well, yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking. So, yeah, the Rams <laughs> drafted after about five hours of uh draft telecast. And and yeah, we, we drafted. We drafted Cam Akers from Fort State, a guy that had around 900 yards after contact just last season.
1: That, should, that could be a good pickup as long as he can hold up. You know, Florida State worked him to death more than most teams do, but got that's a pretty miles. good pickup.
0: He's got some Pretty mileage. I can tell you, you know, I used to have a Chevy Impala and it was a great car. And at first, it, it would drive so smooth, it felt like a spaceship. And then, towards, you know, mile number 170,000, boom, we couldn't drive in the rain. I'm wrecking into poles. So, yeah, hopefully, Cam Akers is somewhere in the middle or more towards the front of that. We'll see. But I'm excited that we got him. Uh, we obviously have a bunch of team needs. They can't even fit our uh, yeah, loss crazy. losses from last season on the graphic. <laughs> so, yes, we we do have some team needs. But Cam Akers, I, I'm sold. We needed a running back just as bad as any other position that we need. So, let's go. Let's go, Rams. I'm back in. New uniforms coming soon.
1: God, they better not put that new logo on there.
0: Uh, Austin, I, I tell you what, the logo is probably going to be on the uniform. <laughs> Good luck on that. Uh, Well, thanks, man. I'm going to get out of here and going to do more of this. So you have a nice day. Um, Enjoy, you know, whatever it is you do. TTYL. All right, Shay. It has been way too long since we talked on here. What's been going
2: on? I mean, nothing too much. Just quarantining myself as always, because that's super fun. Yes. Uh, watching a ton of Netflix. Got really into Peaky Blinders. I think I'm going to be one of them when I grow up. Okay. So doing that, and then just playing a ton of Call of Duty. That's uh, that's what I've been up to.
0: I love to hear it. That's what my roommate's been doing as well. And I assume you have not been watching Listen to Your Heart, which is a bummer, because you could join me and Lexi any week, but you just you won't watch one of the greatest shows that's ever graced television.
2: You know, I'm just, I'm going to let her have this one. I don't need to steal
0: her thunder. She seems like she's really into it. So, Lexi, you got this. That's pretty noble of you. But Thank you. Let's let's, uh, let's talk about the draft. Me and you were texting Thursday night. We're pretty excited because your Minnesota Vikings draft, Justin Jefferson from LSU, a guy that was one of the, he didn't really fall very much because his over-under was 21 and a half. But it still felt like a major steal because it seemed like he was destined to go to the Eagles. Only one and a half to one to be a Philadelphia Eagle. They take Rhaegar out of nowhere, and the Vikings do the right thing, take what's given to them. And now it looks like you kind of replace Diggs immediately, filled your team need. You have to be feeling good.
2: Yeah, I'm very happy. Shout out to Mogo and his Eagles for not taking Jefferson for me. They went ahead and took, like you said, Jalen Rager. But uh, yeah, getting Justin Jefferson after losing Diggs is massive. From college numbers-wise, he's way better than Diggs. So he's a lot cheaper, obviously. And I think him and Thielen will be a good fit for Kirk. So I'm excited.
0: I th- I totally agree. Jefferson is a fantastic number two or three wide receiver, which is exactly what he gets to be in Minnesota. And when you look at the Vikings' depth chart, they really had nobody that you could like look at and be like, oh, okay, this guy is a true number two. Like It, it kind of is Jefferson. Like Jefferson immediately slides into that role. Yeah, yeah. But the Vikings, you're very close last year already. Like you have to stay in contention. And wide receivers are a really important position to do that. And Justin Jefferson, I think he's got the most receptions in LSU history. And he was great last year and the year before when Joe Burrow wasn't the Joe Burrow that we saw. So Kirk Cousins is going to be great for him. I think he's going to thrive.
2: I'm really excited. I mean, he, he just looks like a guy that's going to go up and get the ball. He's not huge. What is he, one but he can just make the plays and that's what basically we needed digs for and now we get a guy much cheaper for at least 4 years so I'm excited
0: yeah just couldn't have gone better the entire offseason as a whole you still have Dalvin Cook the defense is terrific and Jefferson's a fantastic route runner he's a great pass catcher almost no drops ever and I mean he he was LSU's most effective weapon last year in terms of consistency like Jamar Chase he's probably going to be the highest wide receiver drafted in a long time this mm-hmm. year. And he's LSU's best receiver, but in terms of most effective game to game, it it was Jefferson, and that was because Chase has taken that spotlight, and Jefferson's thriving. So I I love that for the Vikings. Love to see him in the purple and gold. Still, the Saints, the team that y'all knocked out last year, they were probably going to take him at twenty four. I think like New Orleans is the closest to that LSU dominance in terms of the NFL, and they needed a receiver too. It just you couldn't have been drafting at a better spot. Draft worked out perfect.
2: Yeah, that was great because that was the Bills pick that we traded Diggs for, so it worked great
0: for us. I was very happy. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That uh yeah, it's like Jefferson for Diggs straight up. And I mean Diggs is a is a fine player. The Bills needed a number one wideout too. It kinda worked oh, out. Oh yeah, well.
2: he'll he'll do I'm I'm happy for him. Especially if uh, we got a replacement. But
0: probably the biggest story from the first round is what the Packers did. And um, to me, it's it's very clear that the Vikings are the best team in the NFC North going into the season. The NFC North is one of those divisions where anything can happen. The Bears were really good two years ago, and the Packers were a Final Four team last year. But the Vikings are right there. I feel like they got better. And, I mean, how crazy are these Aaron Rodgers graphics we're seeing? I mean, the guy seems to be easily agitated, I guess, to say the least. And he's thrown one touchdown pass to a first-round pick his entire life
2: that was crazy that was that mercedes lewis his last, last season yeah and, and he's been in the league what 10 years so it's not even like he's getting a young guy but i mean earlier on thursday he was talking to pat McAfee and said you know these guys these first round quarterbacks they're not coming in to sit anymore they're coming in to play huh. immediately a quarterback gets taken to the packers and <laughs> like, yeah. the packers have to hate him or something like they're not giving him
0: weapons What's crazy is that, like, there is no theory here. Like, this is an absolute lock to create a ton of media locker room drama between Rogers Love. Rogers has already been in this situation in his career behind Brett Favre. He gets he slides in the draft. He gets drafted late in the first round, and people thought Rogers was going to be a lot better than Jordan Love, as I you know would expect that he will be. But Rogers has been in this situation before, and Brett Favre actually came out and discussed this topic. And he said, "Yeah, you know, I know Aaron's not happy, and I would be shocked if he finished his career in Green Bay." And it, it's it's kind of crazy when you think about. You, you would think the Packers were thinking to add to build after being that close, and uh, the Jordan Love draft pick is just. It, it seems like they're going in the complete opposite direction.
2: They were a couple pieces away, probably offensively from you know the Forty Nine ers. They destroyed them. They just were the better team last year. But when you are in the championship game, you are right there, and they didn't draft a single receiver. They're Probably best offensive weapon they drafted was A.J. Dillon from Boston College, their third running back now. I mean, I was like, come on, wh- what are y'all doing? <laughs> Do you hate him?
0: Yeah, and you know that the city, you know, the, the Green Bay Packers are owned by the, by the city, by the people of Green Bay. There isn't one true owner. So, you know, maybe that's the problem. Maybe they have too many random people with a say in this whole draft process and they just keep forgetting that wide receiver is a position. He does have Devontae Adams, who's, you know, a top ten guy in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he, he
2: was a second round pick, a great pick, but get you another second rounder, get you a third rounder. These exactly. guys can make plays
0: these really good offenses have three to four guys that can make a play. Some of them even have five or six that, you know, you see some of these guys only on special teams and you're thinking, why don't, why can't I see more of that guy? And it's because they have so many good wide receivers and the Packers. That's been a consistent theme throughout Rogers career. We go through it every single season and we're like, yeah, it's Devonte Adams and the other guys. Or, or maybe if Devonte Adams isn't there, it's essentially no one. I mean, the best receiving core he's ever had is like what? Like driver and Greg Jennings. Uh, what, prime Jordy Nelson and Cobb? I guess he's had some pretty good ones. Throughout. He's had
2: some good ones, but no, nothing that ever jumped off the page at you.
0: I think ever since Jordy Nelson left, that's where like this receiver disconnect in Green Bay started. You see more random wide receivers playing for the Green Bay Packers than any other team. You see guys with first names like Geronimo. Mm-hmm. It's incredible.
2: There's Geronimo. There's
0: St. Uh, Valdez. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah, Marquez, and, uh, I mean, Jesus, that's an awesome name. And I, oh, they also had that tall white guy last year with the oh, long Oh, Frank.
2: Oh, well, they have what? Lazard.
0: <laughs> yeah, Lazard. Yeah, like we we kept saying the roosters every week. Oh man, don't let Lazard get going this week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> big big cyclone.
0: Oh, State guy. So uh, Jordan Love. I, I, I think you tweeted some positive stuff about him before the draft. I don't know how I feel about him as a player. I'm I'm kind of out to be honest, but I really just don't like the the fit. I, I didn't think it was the right move for the Packers, and uh, I don't I don't think it's going to go well at all. Do you think Jordan Love will be successful?
2: Uh, I, yeah, I could see him being successful. It just I mean, all these quarterbacks just depends on what situation they get put in and how the team plays around them. Because no rookie's going to come out and you know steal the show more and more or less. So. As long as the Packers get some weapons around him, I don't see why he couldn't be successful You know, in two to three years
0: if Rodgers is not there. Yeah, I mean, I think that this guy is going to get more of a shot to be the Packers quarterback over the next four seasons than perhaps Aaron Rodgers will. So he's going to get a chance. I mean, yeah, I believe that. It's just a matter of how good is he going to be. And Aaron Rodgers is 36 years old. And I think that he is fully capable of being – good like tom brady in his later years if he can avoid injury and he kind of he has a way of doing that he definitely gets hurt sometimes but he's elusive he's good at playing hurt also so I, I, it's really hard to say where this is going to go but that was a, a a huge shocker of the draft
2: yeah i mean i didn't see that coming at all just rogers literally asked that day too he's like yeah it'd be nice if they draft a skill position for me and
0: it was so he was actually just in a really good in his face. <laughs> he was actually in a really good mood that day. He posted something before the draft, like kind of uh, kind of making fun of himself for how long he sat in that green room. Back in the day, and it like mm-hmm. just was a bunch of uh, kind of like a montage of him sweating and sitting there. And he was a really good sport about it. Uh, man, he was in a good mood, too. And they still did this. Uh, another team that's doing some weird things. And you know maybe they're not weird cuz they're the Patriots and it's kind of the Patriots way to handle things a little differently than everybody else. Uh there was pictures of a dog possibly drafting for them like sitting in Bill Belichick. That
2: dog was adorable. He was such a good boy to not move.
0: That was hilarious. Did you see the tweet where it's like all the other NFL owners like scrambling to figure <laughs> out what dog means or if they should get a dog? I know. <laughs> that was awesome, but he they they trade out of the first round which you knew was coming. They were they were actually like minus 140 to trade out of the first round. Most Patriots thing ever. And uh, second round, they draft somebody from, like, Bellerman to play safety for him. Uh, yeah, Lenoy Ryan. Uh, y- you would know better than me. but Yeah, for safety Kyle Duggar. But the draft ends, and it's Sunday, and I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I see a, a graphic edit of Trevor Lawrence, Clemson's quarterback, in a Patriots jersey. You know, I mean, you, you look at it, and you're like, oh, man, maybe that's what they're doing.
2: I mean, it seems like it could happen, but they don't have to be the worst team in the league for that to happen they can they'll have enough assets someone will trade belichick something for probably nothing and they'll just get him that way but
0: <laughs> i mean I, it, you know lords is going first so they're gonna have to have the first pick to get him but that's the thing like I, I don't i just don't know what they're gonna do at quarterback i saw stidham play for a little bit i think against, it's got to
2: be the stidham show it's stidham looks so bad yeah stidham, but i mean that's what hoyer's for
0: yeah, he doesn't impress me at all. And there are still a lot of Cam Newton theories out there. And, you know, Cam Newton does not have a home. That's a very possible thing for the Patriots. But it would just be weird for them to go completely in the opposite direction, given that they still have so much talent. And you could also argue that Tom Brady at quarterback was one of the weaker parts of their right. team last year.
2: I mean, I could see too of you know, Andy Dalton's still out there. I wouldn't be upset if he went there. I think he could fill a
0: role for a year very well. Uh, that's a very good theory as well. Uh, we saw that Joe Burrow's already studied the Bengals playbook. Uh, he's been yeah, doing shocking well before the draft. What a beast! But you see stuff like that, he's probably going to be ready to go. It said he was ready to compete for the starting job, and I was thinking, with who? Yeah, I, was, I didn't even know Andrew's on the team. So I was like, oh, <laughs> what, right. what do you mean compete? Open tryout, they can do that if they want, but somebody's getting dominated. Yeah. Uh, um, the MLB, uh we miss it. You know, I got my Orioles shirt on. Uh, get well, soon. I mean, I Trey ordered a
2: couple red jerseys the other day. I'm just like, I just need something.
0: Trey Mancini.
2: Yeah, that's a real big bummer for the Orioles.
0: Yeah, that's terrible. He's has diagnosed. have? Yeah,
2: stage three colon cancer? Yeah,
0: stage three. Um, Very terrible. He, you know, obviously will not be back to baseball this season, if there is baseball this season. But best wishes to him. Got my Orioles shirt on, ready to go. But released a new plan. Looks like three divisions, east, west, and central. Uh, The Cubs and the Reds, we stay in the same division together. That's nice. Pretty much our entire division is in the central division outside of the Pirates. Uh, All
2: they did was switch the Pirates and the Braves.
0: I was like, oh. They, they paired everybody with like their their rival, you know, like their little interleague rival because it's it's just who's closest to each other. They did it strictly off the United States map. Right, right, right. So, you know, the Reds always have that, that back and forth series with the Indians every year. And the Cubs will always play the White Sox. The Sox. You know, The Royals and the Cardinals. You know, they're all in there. The Brewers and the Twins. And the Tigers and the Braves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, we're all paired. And um, I, I don't know how to feel about the idea that baseball is going to come back, I kind of just still don't believe it. Uh, have you read anything about this possible resumption?
2: Yeah, I read the three different divisions of, or three, yeah, three divisions of ten teams. It looks fun because I'd like anything. I just hope it doesn't start an outbreak in all the players because that would just ruin every hope of sports coming back in some
0: fashion. Yeah, and and for so, other sports too, if that that's yeah,
2: right. and like in general, just sports yeah. would not look good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they said it's just going to rotate between those 10 teams playing each other. They said there's a possibility for 100 to 110 games depending on when you can start. And I'm just like, well, don't overexert the players because you don't want to see bad baseball. But
0: I'm here for it. They've kind of thrown out this spring training theory. They, they want to play these games in home ballparks without fans. What do you think?
2: I don't really like that. I mean, I'd rather them play in the spring training parks. They're a little smaller. You know, you don't need the full stadium for no one. Like there's not going to yeah. be workers there to clean. There's not going to be vendors and all that stuff. So it's just going to be quiet.
0: You saw the negative reaction from a lot of stars about being quarantined in Arizona or Florida and being away from their family for all that time, which, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. But I also think that that, that kind of thing is probably necessary in this current time period to be able to bring something back.
2: Yeah, I mean just any kind of sport will give some people hope and it'll make us feel have some normalcy, which will be good. But yeah, I'm just hoping it actually it works out.
0: During the anything you'd like to talk to me about, Portion, I would like to talk to you about your personal life because you are the only person I know that has been tested for COVID nineteen. So why don't you tell the listeners your story?
2: Yeah, so it's it's a super fun test. I'll get to that in a second, but yeah, Friday, high fever. Got the chills, was sh- uh, shaking, coughing, had s- soreness. I'm like, oh god, this this is it. it's a big one. So I've been quarantined, all that jazz. Uh, only left my room to use the restroom for four days in a row. My parents would just, if they made food or something, they put it in a container, set it outside my door.
0: Oh my god, I'd come
2: get it. I mean, that's the only, because they didn't want to come near me. Yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, I had to, I took the test Saturday afternoon, and this thing is just like Q-tip. But they shove this thing like two inches or so or more up your no- nose, and there's like, hey, it's gonna hang here for 17 seconds. Like, excuse me. And I mean, that I was painful. tearing up at the end of it, and this guy just yanks it out, and I was I was ready to die. Oh. The most painful thing I've ever done. Really, for a a medical reason, it had to be. Like I couldn't feel my nose after it.
0: I speak for everyone when we all say that we're thrilled that you're okay. You think, oh, yeah, yeah, got this it got it negatively.
3: It was negative. Yeah.
0: We're good. That, that's a big part of the story. Yeah. But, you know, that had to feel great knowing that you, in fact, do not have coronavirus. And it's kind of crazy that, that your fever was that high. I and mean, it had to be such a scary feeling. Oh,
2: yeah. My mom was definitely not acting as calm as I would have liked. So that didn't help. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I just, caught a little virus at the wrong time to catch one I guess. yeah
0: yeah like the possible worst time to catch one yeah pretty much the worst time yeah uh where did you go to get your test
2: uh it was in mount washington this place called fast pace my uncle's a doctor and he recommended this place and he just said if you have symptoms you can go take it there so we gave him a call they're like yeah come on up they should and they do it you can sit out in your car you don't have to go inside really so you were in your car for this yeah, well, my dad truck, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that hey, the, it was like raining a little bit. The guy came out in like a full hazmat suit and just shoved the thing in my nose. I was God, it was bad.
0: That changes the mental imagery so much. Yeah. You know, uh, Sitting in the back seat. Let's see. What else do I want to know? How long did the entire process take? Well, what, I had to
2: fill out some forms. They took like normal tests too, like blood pressure and oxygen levels. I mean, we were probably there 40 minutes. 40 minutes? And that was Saturday afternoon. I got the results last night at 8, so Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. So that was, yeah, it was a fun couple days of just not doing anything and wondering if I'm sick.
0: That sounds uh, unbelievably stressful.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely not not chill.
0: Uh, That is uh, some fantastic news that you do not have Mm COVID-19. Best news I've heard today by a lot. That's good. I'm glad I could make that make your day a little better i know it was awesome we, <laughs> hop, we hopped on the squadcast. cast so they, hey how's it going you were like you know it's going really good man today's a good yeah. day, oh, it was a good go, day. Yeah. okay well all right Wait, are, are you feeling better like or is your oh, yeah. general sickness over
2: yeah pretty much i mean the fever went away monday i got back down to the 98 so that was good and then coffin's pretty much gone nothing nothing else so i'm just Still, uh, I still can't go back to work for the rest of the week just because I've had the fever and whatnot. So I'll just be chilling for now.
0: Yeah, uh, that that's probably smart for you and your job. But it, all right, man. I mean, if, if feel better, I'm glad you're okay. It's a very scary situation, but the Vikings are going to be pretty good and you do not have coronavirus. So that's a good day. You know, <laughs> it, go it Vikings. Definitely is. No
2: corona. Let's get it.
0: I love to hear it. All situations are always okay eventually. Mm hmm. All right, Shay. Well, it's about time for me to go do another one of these. You uh, stay safe. Stay quarantined. Be careful out there. Will do. All right. TTYL. (laughs) All right, Dylan, how's it going? how was your draft
3: experience it was it was good had a good time you know we got to all hang out and you know have a few drinks so it was uh, it was pleasant
0: it was more important than most drafts cuz we needed it to be entertaining and it also was more important than most drafts because you in austin and pat like major franchise implicating picks going on and You get Justin Herbert. Uh, I couldn't really tell how you were feeling on Thursday night. I was with you on the Zoom call. When the Dolphins drafted Tua, you yelled out in an obscenity. And then when you guys got Herbert, you were really excited. And you talked about how that was who you wanted all along. So I I didn't really know. So break it down.
3: Yeah, I was a little upset whenever Tua went um, just because he's got so much upside and it was i had my mind pretty much set that the dolphins were going to take herbert um so it was just kind of set in my mind like that that's my quarterback for the next you know hopefully 15 20 years kind of thing and in, in you know thinking positive um but it it didn't end up working out that way and um you know i'm fine with it i'm fine with herbert he's uh he's got the tools he's not as flashy he's not as um is a sexy pick as Tua especially coming into this new stadium that we're competing with the Rams for um but I think he can, it's a good position you know he's not going to have to start from day 1 he's going to be able to sit behind uh, Tyrod Taylor learn a little bit and then when he's ready we can put him in
0: Yeah, he's uh, plus 260 to start week one. I would imagine that's probably going to go the other way, but he's been playing out west at Oregon. Uh, I think that this is kind of a good fit. If he's going to have success, I think he can have it in L.A. I I think Tua, like I said last week, is just a lock to be really good, and I'm kind of unsure about Herbert, but the Chargers also have better weapons than the Dolphins do, so Herbert may be going into a better situation than Tua is immediately.
3: Yeah. I mean, in another thing, Anthony Lynn, he, he already came out and said that we're going to use more of like a pistol offense, um, which is what Oregon used. And a lot of NFL teams are going that way and using it as like a, um, like an option sort of. Um, so the quarterback can either hand it off, keep it and run or, you know, look up and throw. So I, th- I think he fits that well. And I think it's going to help having Tyrod running it in front of him because that's what Tyrod has ran his entire career pretty much. Yeah. Um, so it's just, you know, changing the offense up. It's going to be such a like breath of fresh air from Phillip Rivers going, walking up to the line, you know, making all the calls and we snap the ball with one second, you know, you're on the edge of your seat. Are we going to get a delay game penalty? Are we going to snap the ball? And even if we do snap the ball at one, the defensive end gets a jump and Philip Rivers can't run. So it's a sack or an interception every time. So
0: it's going to be uh. nice. That's crazy. And that's so exciting for you because you guys are all more into the NFL than anything else. And you've been watching Rivers for a decade. You know, I mean, that's such a big change. And a decade is like such a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
3: it's it's definitely going to be a lot different. Um, It's going to take some getting used to for sure. Um, But it's it, it was just so old school, you know, like stand in the pocket and you know, it's just, it's boring to be honest. Like we might not be as good as we have been um, in like some of the top years, but I do think our ceiling might be a little bit higher just because you knew what you were going to get out of rivers. You're going to get an interception or two every game or three, you know, sometimes he, he had those games, but then there were games where he was going to go out and and win the game. Um, I don't think that our offense is going to be like super explosive by any means, but I think it'll be, it'll be ran a lot more smoothly than it was.
0: Definitely. And you have to love the short rebuild for the Chargers. Two years ago there, everybody was picking them to beat the Patriots in the playoffs. You know, things weren't that bad for very long. You had one year where you hung in a lot of games and ended up with the sixth pick. You went into last season optimistic. It didn't work out, but now you can go into this season optimistic. it it was kind of a a nice little turnover to get a quarterback immediately upon Rivers exit.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you have a guy that throws that many interceptions, like it just puts the defense in such a bad spot. And even with that, the defense was still top 10 in the league, which I think is, is crazy. And the defense if healthy. I think is only going to get better. You know, we added Chris Harris who, yeah, he's getting up there in age, but he's still one of the better, you know, slot corners in the NFL. And then, um, you know, we traded up, into the first round to get uh, Kenneth Murray, who I think will come in start right away. Um, we brought in Nick Vigil from the Bengals, who isn't great in, like, you know, in pass coverage, but he's a sure tackler. He can help on the run. Um, and then we brought in Linval Joseph, which we're desperate for a um, defensive tackle. And um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm not saying we're going to win the Super Bowl or anything, but it's, it's definitely going to be more fun than before.
0: Definitely. And you still have, you know, you get Derwin James coming back. He missed almost a whole year last year. Uh, Do you guys still have the linebacker 54 Ingram on the edge? edge. Yeah. Yeah. So
3: we do have him and we have Joey Bosa on the other side. Um, It's going to be interesting because they're coming up on their contract years. And uh, I mean, Joey Bosa is going to demand one of the largest (laughs) contracts, rightfully so, um, that we've seen from a defensive end. So it'll be um, interesting to see how we pull that out. Definitely.
0: And this AFC West, it's such a great division, like with those top three teams. And we really don't know how the Raiders are going to be in Las Vegas. They had a weird draft. They have like 10 rostered wide receivers right now. But the Chiefs, they draft our guy, Clyde Edwards-Solaire, with the last pick of the first round. And you start to think about how the division looks over the next five years or so. Like all those teams are geared up to be good and to be good for a long time outside of maybe some looming contract situations. This could be the best division in football going into the uh, next five years. Yeah,
3: I mean, there's definitely some promise, Um, like for this
0: season, you know, the Chiefs are going to continue
3: to kind of reign on the top. It's just that we don't have any quarterbacks in that division that can you can even mention in the same sentence as uh, Mahomes. But I mean, I think that, you know, staying on the topic of the Chargers, I think having a young quarterback that has the tools, you know, he's got a huge arm, he's athletic, like, Unless something like pops, like in one of these guys, like makes a huge jump, which I mean, Drew Lock could, but I mean, I, I think that Herbert has promise. um, And I think that I'm not saying he's going to be Mahomes, they'll be insane, but I think his ceiling, you know, is pretty high, um, but his floor is pretty low. So it's yeah. definitely unknown. So yeah. we'll see.
0: It's scary. You see people giving him draft grades anywhere from like C- minus where he got picked to like A+. You really don't know. There's a lot of variance in opinion. But with that division, you had the Broncos fill a team need, a wide receiver. You had the Chargers fill a team need, a quarterback. And their Chiefs fill their maybe only team need at running back with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And the Chiefs were so good last year. They're dominant Super Bowl champs. But that was the one kind of position that was interchangeable. They couldn't really figure it out until Damian Williams really got it going at the very end. What do you think about Clyde edwards Hilaire?
3: I like him as a player. I don't really like the fit though, just because I think that he's a guy that could have came in to like a uh, Miami or Houston and like immediately impacted. You know, and I think with the Chiefs offense and their backfield, they have, you know, you look at their, their roster and they have five guys right now that a casual football fan would look and recognize. And you already mentioned it. Damian Williams, he, he came on pretty strong there at the end. Um, we were a little bit upset that he didn't get the uh, MVP of the Super Bowl.
0: Oh my God, um, I forgot about that.
3: Yeah. But I mean, you have guys, you have Daryl Williams, um, you have Dwayne Washington. I think I, I just, I just looked at it, but it's slipping my head, but there's four five guys. Now, um, Elijah McGuire, they brought in, um, but, you know, it's, it's packed and they're going to have to figure out how they're going to share those carries. And he worried that if he doesn't come in and make an immediate, you know, um, impact and impression on everyone that he might get put behind Damian Williams and those guys. Whereas if he would have went somewhere else, I think he could have been in the running for maybe like offensive rookie of the year. So yeah, it, like a Miami or a Tampa Bay, <laughs> right. Or like Especially Tampa Bay. I think that would have been, a beautiful fit.
0: Yeah. I like his fit in their passing offense, but it's a good point. It's a very crowded backfield, and I, I really like Damian Williams. I think when he's healthy, he can be a really, really solid running back, and he obviously shown he's perfect for what the Chiefs do. But I think Edward hilarious too. I wanted him to go to a passing offense. That's exactly what it is. And the Chiefs, although it is a crowded backfield, they do have a way of interchanging them like crazy. They almost take the fantasy value completely out of their backfield in terms of it's very frustrating because you think you know
3: with Damian Williams last year you're like um you know this guy's getting all these touches and and then they get down into the five yard line and he is a ghost they bring in Darrell Williams
0: every time exactly and you want to load up on your on your players where you're like okay this offense is going to score so many more points than say the 15th ranked offense still you like really can't play the running backs Damian Williams I had him last year I think I had you know, four or five solid weekly experiences with him. And that's just not worth it for like a second or third round pick. It's hard to tell what Edwards Hilaire's immediate fit is, but he should get a chance there because Damian Williams is injury prone. I do think he's the number two guy going into the season, but I did like the pick. Let's uh, stick on the LSU topic. Uh, At the top of the draft, Joe Burrow is a Cincinnati Bengal. We knew that. We've heard that he's been studying the playbook for months. what do you think of the Bengals draft? I think the Bengals are going to be pretty good.
3: I think they did really well. You know, I think they're definitely one of the top teams coming out of the draft as far as like how they performed on that day um, or in those three days, I should say the defense still, you know, has a lot of improvement. Um, We we knew that going into the draft that that was going to be the case. Um, But I mean, I think their offense is going to be much improved top half of the league. Maybe even, you know, they have a couple of guys back on their offensive line that they didn't have last season, AJ Green, hopefully, you know, he can return to where he was. They have other weapons around him. Tyler Boyd, John Ross. Um, And then you got a surefire, you know, guy in the backfield, Joe Mixon, throw in the Heisman winner, one of the best seasons we've ever seen in college football. And I mean, that's going to be pretty, pretty solid. Um, But if they just if they improve that defense a little bit, I think that. You're going to be a little worried when you play against Cincinnati. Instead of you know last season, you're like, okay, great, we get to play Cincinnati, comfortable win. Like it's it's going to be a lot different.
0: Definitely, I mean, the Bengals just have so much talent at their skill positions, and Joe Burrow is a guy that at least last season and really the season before, he can have a ton of success without great blocking. He makes things happen down the field, and I just really like his fit with Tyler Boyd. I think AJ Green kind of maybe has a desire to play again, which we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, And the Bengals, it's going to be tough having to deal with Lamar Jackson for all that time. But I think they kind of comfortably slide into the best situation for the next five years, like the second best in the division, easily ahead of the Browns and the Steelers. The Steelers aging quarterback, the Browns, who knows what Baker's going to end up being. but. (laughs) I love the T Higgins addition. I w- I'm so happy that it's Cincinnati can maybe go see him play. And the Joe Burrow Lamar matchup is is just a dream. Two guys. Mm-hmm. They age.
3: we talked about it before the draft. I put T Higgins at that five spot, just because it's a guy that, you know, if you're in a tough spot, you know, maybe the offensive line slips a couple of blocks. You just kind of throw it up down the field and you have probably a 75% chance that if it's on the target, he's going to catch it. So um, yeah, I definitely like that a lot. And I'm, For some reason, he slipped my mind because I was so focused on Joe Burrow. But yeah, I believe so.
0: It's a really strong trio of wide receivers. And the Ravens, I think they got better as well. They add Patrick Queen from LSU, a do it all defensive guy. And they also add J.K. Dobbins, which I thought was odd. I thought the lock of the century was like for the Ravens to draft like two wide receivers in this draft because that was their clear spot where they needed depth or variance. They have two guys that are just tiny out there, you know, Snead and Brown. And then they do have. A fantastic tight end in Mark Andrews, but I like the Dobbins fit, kinda. He's a you he, know more of a receiving running back. Ingram's more of a downhill guy. what do you think of the Ravens?
3: I mean, most experts have the Ravens draft class like at the top, you know, like t- A, like AA plus a+ range. Um they got the two receivers, but they waited on them. So they got Devin uh Duvernay from Texas, and then they got uh James Proche at um the sixth round from SMU, which I thought was pretty good value for, for him. Um, and then Patrick Queen obviously was great. A lot of value there. And I think that's why they took Dobbins, because he was still there at 55. You know, like we were talking about him maybe slipping into the first round and he drops all the way there. Like you almost have to take it. Um, and, you know, they boosted their defense there, like towards the end of the draft. So, like, it they're going to be back to where they were.
0: I agree. I think Lamar's only going to get better. And they're only going to keep building this offense to kind of highlight his success. And I think Dobbins is a step in the right direction for that. And the defense, it was good last year. It's only going to get better. The Ravens are going to keep trending upward. It's going to be tough for the Bengals to catch them. But I do think that uh, drafting Joe Burrow is a step in the right direction. For the For the cards, uh, Mekhi Becton is now a New York Jet. I thought this was a fantastic pick. Everybody had the Jets take in a wide receiver, or at least like nine out of 10 that I looked at. And, Becton falls to only 11, not as deep as we hoped he would not fall. But what do you think of that fit?
3: At first, you know, I didn't like it. I was pretty open about that before the draft. But, um, you know, they had a really good draft. I think they set themselves up to continue to take steps forward, which is really all you can hope for. And they got him. They um Add another weapon on the outside, Denzel Mims, and then they took Bryce Hall in the fifth, which I really liked. If he's healthy, I think he's an NFL starter. You know, we saw him a lot at Virginia. Um, But, I mean, as long as Beckton stays healthy, I can see him, you know, anchoring that line from year one until – the end of his rookie contract and then that's when you decide do you want to continue to be a jet if they're continuing to take those steps or you go somewhere else and get paid and start winning immediately so um you know i'm happy for the guy i wish he would have went to like a tampa bay or like a win now situation but he's going to be the focal guy on that offensive line and um i think i think he'll do well
0: yeah i think he seems really excited about it on social media and i think that says enough about it and like you said it's kind of up to him now it's it's his spot to have for however long as he wants it as long as he performs well and then he'll have a chance to have a huge payday if he does so Uh, some other cards none that got drafted but we did have a couple guys sign um, free agent deals after the draft so we have Seth Dawkins who went to the Seahawks I was pretty surprised by that I, I didn't really see his name mentioned in any possible even after the draft signings i was seeing more Kane pass and gg robinson but it turns out it was seth dawkins and tyler haycraft this day next guy uh ends up as a new york giant uh, do either of those guys have a shot to make the team i don't know about haycraft i mean you hope that he can but he just you know
3: going from a walk-on to making an nfl roster would be a great you know, a great story. And if anybody's going to do it, it's a guy like that. Um, I think Seth Dawkins has a chance, but I think what he's going to need to do is bulk up a little bit and go into like, one of those like flex tight end spots. I don't think that he can be an NFL receiver just because the speed isn't there. Um, He's a great blocker and he doesn't drop anything. So it seems like a perfect fit there as a tight end. But like if if any team's going to make someone into something like that, it will be the Seahawks and Pete Carroll. Like that just seems like, if he's gonna to go to a team that's the team that he needs to be a part of. So we'll see. I don't I don't have like terribly high hopes that either one's gonna make the team, but I mean, you have guys like Josh Bellamy and Sonoris Perry that are you know veterans in the nfl yeah. at this and we point never so thought. you never really know
0: yeah exactly and seth dawkins that's such a great point about the seahawks i mean they have a former wku power forward playing left tackle for him you know yeah. i mean and the guy that played no football in college it's incredible but yeah seth dawkins could be a special teams guy He could do a lot of different things with them. he's already a strong guy but yeah the lack of speed stood out to cardinal fans in terms of like college football last year like being able to get open in college so it's going to be tough but i like the position change idea also a uh, nice shout out last week on the vanderbilt running back i saw he's the the tampa bay fit and i was like oh dylan me yeah. about the guy would have never heard his name <laughs> if you wouldn't have that
3: yeah i mean he pretty much was vanderbilt's entire team last year you know they didn't win anything by any means but if they scored points it was usually him so um I think he has a chance to be successful as a guy that L was on pretty hard and he went to Vandy, which I mean, like for football, I don't really understand that. But <laughs> academic wise, like,
0: I guess, you know, he's got a great degree, uh, but yeah, I think he has a chance to be pretty successful there. Is that Keyshawn Vaughn? Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that backfield's wide open. I mean, Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber, they're not scaring anybody, and they very well could have that job, probably will, but it's also like it could be the guy you called out from Vanderbilt. Uh, Do you have anything else that you uh, like talking about? I'm just excited to uh, get everything going, man.
3: I'm hoping that um, we can have some more breakthroughs in medicine and whatnot. I don't know what any of that stuff is, so it's hard for me to really tell, but – I mean, I'm hoping best case scenario, like we start college football in October and the NFL can start without fans. That's
0: what I'm fingers crossed. Yeah, that would be terrific. Uh, they're trying to start baseball as soon as June. They're talking about getting some NBA teams back to practicing. So, I mean, we'll see. I, I feel like I feel like we're closer than farther away. Even if it's a, a false god, I'm I'm down for it. Yeah, let's do it. And I'm ready to rock. I'll yeah. be the only fan there. I don't care. Yeah, they probably won't let you do that, but they probably will let you see it from your house. Uh, Dylan, it was a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. I will talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. See you soon. TTYL. All right, Pat, your dreams have come true i've been your friend since uh what like 1999 or something that's a really long time and all you've ever wanted since 1999 was for tua to be the dolphins quarterback mm-hmm. it's finally happened you spoke it into existence how does it feel
4: i can't believe they actually picked them, dude. they they've <laughs> they've never done something like this it's always been uh we're gonna get this offense tackle he's gonna be the guy for us or somebody else and just not taking a quarterback um but they finally actually did it um couldn't be happier, man. Uh, even if it's a flop, they at least tried. Like if he if he breaks both his hips again, or and he just doesn't work out, they at least they tried, and it's not their fault because you got to take the best guy available. Uh, all I saw was that he that it was going to be Herbert that they were picking Herbert. Uh, there was a few mock drafts that had two of us still, but everybody else was saying Herbert, Herbert, Herbert. And then on draft day, they said that they're moving to three to get off a tackle. That's from Rappaport. Um, but I was still I. I don't know. I kind of just always thought they were still going to draft Tua just because he was the best available, and I didn't think it was really even close. I heard they were trying to trade up to get Burrow, which I would have been cool with, but the Bengals weren't budging. But um, if we would have got if we would have got Justin Herbert, I would have not been happy
3: with Tua. Yeah, still so I mean, we
0: we did the whole tanking for Tua thing. We had your, yeah. your pinky saga. this has been a process. It's, it's been such a long time in the works and the stars all had to align. You had to be bad last year. And then at the end you started winning and you're getting worried and, Tua had to get hurt. Who knows if Tua stays healthy all year, like no matter what kind of numbers Joe Burrow puts up, if Joe Burrow still goes first. But I think if you end up with either of those two guys leaving this draft, you have to feel fantastic. And the Dolphins, things could be very different for the Miami Dolphins in two years. The Patriots are going downhill. Uh, don't necessarily know how scared people are of the Jets and the Bills. I think the Jets and the Bills have, as the Dolphins, are being good over the next few years. But man, I mean, you got to feel just great.
4: I mean, yeah, it's kind of just like some light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we get Adam Gase in here and he trades away all our good players. And then we have Flores in here and we trade our two best players with uh, Laramie Tunzel and Minka. But they've been they've did a good job with those two of getting first round draft picks for them. And, you know, we still have so much draft capital for next year. Also, we didn't have to trade any picks to get to a we could we stayed at five.
0: You almost didn't have them. The Jaguars were trying to trade into that fourth spot with the Giants, and apparently they were packaging, like, uh, where did they draft? Like, the ninth pick and the 17th pick, which, I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're the Giants, like, you almost wonder, like, why they didn't take that, given that they already had their quarterback. But, yeah, you kind of got lucky there, too. The Jags tried to come up there and swipe them at the last minute.
4: I don't know why the Giants didn't do it. I mean, you could have got an equally as good tackle at nine with Jedrick Wells still on the board.
0: Makai, too and I mean then you get a whole another first round pick when you need multiple solid players. Yeah, but for
4: sure.
0: The Dolphins obviously killed it this offseason. It it's it's a long time coming. Last year, it, what did you have games where you lost 59 to nothing and 41 to nothing?
4: Uh the first game season 59 to 10 and the second game to was like Sorry. 43-0 to the Patriots. Okay
0: and those are two good teams the Ravens and the Patriots can't hang your head but if I tell you though after that Patriots game after that's happened that you're getting two of the next season you're like oh that's okay I'll take 14 more games like this they can Uh do whatever they want to me so it all kind of worked out how good do you think the Dolphins are immediately
4: you know uh this season uh, I can see them no more than eight wins eight and eight eight and eight is probably the best that they're going to do this year uh I don't I hope they don't play two of this year. Uh, I think it's going to be Fitzpatrick's team. Um, you can only go so far with Fitzpatrick, even though they kind of minimized his turnovers, and he was actually playing some really good football at the end of the year. Uh, with all the weapons we still have, um, we still need a few more. We still need um, maybe another receiver and um, uh, every down running back. We just don't have that right now. We got we got Bredia, but uh, we're still probably trying to bring somebody in next year. With and We have two uh, first-round draft picks along with three second-round draft picks next year. So they're kind of waiting for the skill positions to fall into place. And once they do, they'll bring two out next year, and, or the year after, and hopefully make a playoff push.
0: So you're not everybody. totally sold on uh, Patrick Laird? Uh, no,
4: unfortunately not.
0: Yeah, uh, me either. That's, uh, that makes yeah,
4: sense. He uh, He's good coming out of the backfield, uh, catching passes, but he can't really run the ball too well. Nobody on the Dolphins could run the ball well last year, though, but... We fixed it, hopefully.
0: So Tua is plus one sixty to start. Solid one. Yeah. And who knows when week one actually is going to be. Is yeah, that's thing, a good you know? point. Yeah. And also I, I think Tua is completely healthy. I think he's ready to go. I don't think he starts week one by any means, but I also don't think that the Dolphins Make it past week, five or six without putting him in there. I totally understand your theory that it's probably best to sit him for a year and make make sure this is the greatest asset that you've had as a franchise since Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. but also like if he's ready to go, y- you see it happen everywhere. like they, they go into it with this plan, we're going to sit this guy, and it it just doesn't doesn't happen for as long as it used to happen five or six years ago. So I, I don't know. I think two is in there sooner than later, but I don't think it's week one.
4: No, I don't either. And he, he does he does need reps. He hasn't played actual football in a while, a lot longer than everybody else has. But I, I would I would be shocked if he started week one.
0: I totally agree. Unless week one is, I mean, in November or January, and they're really going to go for it. I like the burrito signing, though. I didn't know you all did that.
4: Yeah, we traded for him uh, in the draft for like a fifth round pick or something like that. So big steal right there. I uh, Big home run hitter running back. I really like Really good addition to the squad.
0: Yeah. I mean, he had his games. You know, he, yeah, he was hit this sure. with the Niners, but the Niners mm-hmm. play five running backs, so mm-hmm. you it's really hard to tell. He he could have had days where he could have had a great game and they might have just not put him in that day. Um, let's talk about the cats a little bit. So Lynn Bowden, your your true king, your uh My king, favorite yeah. your favorite living person. Uh he is now a Las Vegas Raider. What do you think?
4: Why do they have so many running backs or so many wide receivers now? Like that's, uh, that's- see, I don't know. That hurts him so much because there's all these, like what do they have in there on the roster right now? Seven or so after they signed Zay Jones and drafted three receivers in the draft.
0: Yeah, Um, so they drafted uh, several receivers in the draft as well as Bowdoin. I think they drafted, what, two receivers ahead of Bowdoin. They add Henry Ruggs. He's wearing a robe. They have Tyrell Williams and Hunter Renfro on the roster already. Uh, Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar, they've brought in over the offseason. It's just weird, and it's also weird because we watched Hard Knocks last season. We know that John Gruden keeps five wide receivers, or at least he did last year. It was a huge storyline on Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. You know, is Hunter Renfro going to make this team? And, I mean, the Raiders, they have a top five tight end in football, in Darren Waller, and they don't really know what they're going to do at quarterback, and they do have a lot of options. They should be able to build a solid receiving core out of these guys but they gotta pick the right guys, and it's just weird because a lot of these guys they brought in. I mean, if I'm looking for ones I'm gonna cut on this roster, I'm looking at like Aguilar, <laughs> you know,
4: Zay Jones. Yeah, exactly. I just it's it's gonna be hard for Lynn to live up to his full potential there. I think, uh, unfortunately, just because there's so many other options you have. Um, the dude uh, Hunter Renfro, pretty reliable guy. He's probably gonna have most of the punt return duties. I mean that was Lynn's
0: spotlight when he wasn't playing quarterback was the building. I don't remember any of that. Like that was my next question for you. Can Lynn Bowden like catch passes? Like play wide receiver? I don't really remember. I I know that there's a good chance that when he was a wide receiver at Kentucky, to be fair to him, there probably wasn't like an awesome quarterback throwing in the ball, but he had Terry Wilson for a season, right? Like Yeah.
4: He had a, a really good year uh the year before, played really well at Florida. Um uh, probably one of his biggest catches of his career was um, uh, down late in third quarter, um, deep ball from Terry. But um, you know, I I would assume that he could still catch the ball, Um, but he just needs to be in these situations where he just has open space. He doesn't need to run these crazy patterns on the routes to get open and make plays. If you get it to him in space, he's going to make people mess and get down the field
0: yeah i think that them drafting Bowden, to be honest given the wide receiver depth they have i think they're going to use him differently and I, I could see the raiders almost using him a little bit more like he's using college and i'm not saying like a starting quarterback but they have josh jacobs back there and i could see them in third and three type situations going to that just read option package with those two back there and i don't know that that doesn't necessarily work because louisville fans kentucky fans know but louisville fans know now too after the game lynn bowden's not going down on first contact and that's right. what you want from somebody running the ball in third
4: and three I was kind of in the middle of where he was going to get drafted i didn't really know for sure i've saw anywhere from or er, er late fourth round to late second round but i'm just glad he uh was getting his recognition a little bit And he's uh he's came a long way from uh where he was in high school and his upbringing and everything like that and where he was when he even started at Kentucky. Um, and for him to be a part of something in Las Vegas, the first
0: team ever there, they're
4: going to have state-of-the-art facilities and everything like that. He's going to get the full experience. I'm really happy for him.
0: Just casual football fans. They love players like that. They love guys that come in and, and play the Wildcat and do kind of... Abnormal things with their offense and like the player that's responsible for it. Everybody loved Ronnie Brown back in the day. Yeah. I know you did for sure. And Taysom Hill, he's kind of developed this popularity about himself. uh, And I don't even know if it's necessarily warranted or if it you know if he even deserves it but Mm -hmm. he's got it he's making 16 million dollars and I just really could see somebody like John Gruden thinking outside the box and thinking this worked in college and this isn't going to work every down but it can work on some downs Mm -hmm. and I think that's why he's on the Raiders roster versus like kind of the overloaded wide receiver situation they have because I think that what we saw Lynn Bowden do last season is just his most effective way of being a football player right just having um,
4: the ball in his hands as soon as possible.
0: Absolutely. Just running it. You know, I mean, forget the pass and forget the catch and running the football, but not necessarily from a handoff standpoint. And the NFL's creative now enough to where he doesn't have to do that. Are there any other UK guys that you'd like to talk about?
4: Well, uh, we only had um five guys kind of go to the next level. Only two of them got drafted. Uh Logan Stenberg in the fourth round to the Lions. Uh it's he's May take a year, but that guy's a freaking mauler, and he's gonna have a he's gonna have a career in the NFL for sure.
0: I saw that he actually didn't give up a sack all year last year, and I yeah. was thinking, man, that's that's damn impressive. Except for the fact that would y'all throw like six passes? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was week
4: five, maybe, is when we stopped throwing passes. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, but Lynn, I mean, probably threw two a game, something like that. So okay, so got
0: eleven passes. <laughs>
4: Uh, so then um, T.J. Carter, D-line, uh, got signed to the Cardinals after the draft, uh, along with his buddy Calvin Taylor, other defensive lineman, uh, going to the Steelers. And uh, those two guys, I think that they could—they have the chance to make rosters for sure just because of the way they, they're both just ginormous 300-pounders who just control the line of scrimmage. They may not break back in the backfield and get a lot of sacks, but they're definitely going to control the run game, just huge, massive bodies to move. Uh, but then the last dude is probably the most interesting, Ahmad Wagner. Uh, he played wide receiver for us, got drafted or er, um, signed to the Bears after the draft. This guy was a transfer from Iowa, and when he was at Iowa, he played basketball. When he came to Kentucky, huh. he played wide receiver. Um, and last year, he was targeted 43 times and caused 11 pass interferences so just a really difficult guy to defend made a lot of crazy tackles just
0: huge dude like six six uh, what a random stat
4: yeah he's he was like the king he the year before he's i mean i would say that his targets per or his uh pass interference cause per target was probably like 0. 0.5 like probably half the time
0: uh it's it's crazy i uh i mean I don't know how in the hell he got 43 targets last year. I mean, oh, where, where was I during that? I, I, I did see that he was signed. I was like, a Kentucky wide receiver? Well, That's shocking. Two of them.
4: They tried it a couple times in the end zone. Like if we were like red zone, they would just have Lin Bowden throw the fade to him. Gotcha. That was pretty much gotcha. the only time he was getting that the the a That little-
0: is passing play I saw you all run. <laughs> yeah. Flea flicker too sometimes. Just oh, like- man. Yeah, don't pull that one out. <laughs>
4: Yeah, uh, but that's it. Just those five. Those five guys.
0: Gotcha. Well, uh, it's uh, it's more than L had.
4: Yeah. Uh, do they get anybody signed after the draft?
0: Yeah, Seth Dawkins and uh, Tyler Haycraft, same X guy. Um, yeah, yeah. They both uh, found their way onto the Seahawks and the Giants, respectively. And yeah, um, I've always liked Dawkins, sure hand yeah. dude. And then we have uh, Mackay, obviously, with the Jets. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was it. So UK wins that battle. Five to three. Hell yeah. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, is there anything you'd like to talk to me about?
4: Yeah, uh, so I was watching Get Up this morning, and uh, Dan Orlovsky uh, likes to come on there and just uh, throw some hot takes out there. He knew what he was doing with this. He had to have. So his t- uh, the I'm looking at the picture, took a shot, uh, picture of it. It says, top five QBs since 2018 NFL draft. Uh, we got uh, Lamar at number five. MVP last year, fifth yeah, best. Only
0: been only been two years since that year. Yeah, time. yeah, <laughs> three so. I guess now.
4: Uh, then uh, next for the number four, we're gonna go with Tua. He hasn't had yeah. a snap yet, and it was severely injured last year. But he is still yeah, ahead, right of ahead of, of MVP. Lamar. Uh, next we have Kyler Murray at three.
0: Not not seeing that one. Yeah,
4: he won like what five games last year, six games. Um, then we're gonna go, Mister Burrow, Joe Burrow. At number
0: two. Great pick. The Tiger King, exactly where he should be slotted. Good job, Dan.
4: Maybe of all these, maybe we'll see. Maybe he is the second best of them, but we'll see. But number one, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That is just the craziest thing ever. I cannot believe he is Sam Darnold at number one.
0: Um, Nobody else on that list has had anywhere near of a, like of an experience, and I, I was about to call it a nightmare, and that's just too cliche for when he was saying that he was seeing ghosts and he yeah. was just in that his own personal hell while also being you know starting quarterback millionaire, like
4: mm-hmm.
0: kind of hard to get to that place, and he he kind of he kind of got there. I, I don't know, I, I don't, I'm not going to say that Darnold isn't going to be successful, but to take what you have. And you're like, like this is what we've seen these guys do. And to rank Sam Darnold ahead of all those other quarterbacks, I just, I don't know. like How, how are you on TV?
4: Exactly. How'd you get paid right there? Yeah. Like, I mean,
0: that sucks I too. Because that guy said some smart stuff before. I kind of like his voice.
4: I do too. And uh, he started out on the radio, and he's like boys with Matt Jones, like they used to do ESPN huh. radio together. And um, yeah, but I guess they are still boys. But uh, that was just the worst take of quarantine so far.
0: Nice. I you know I, I love to uh, see that you found that for yourself, but I, I think that you see it even more on Fox Sports with with Skip and Shannon and stuff. Like, oh yeah, these guys are just trying to say something wild because like the news and the publicity, it's all up for grabs right now. Like especially by the hour, usually there's sports stuff happening every second, and now there's still stuff happening. Like there is. It's mm-hmm. not like we're completely in a drought, but also like there's not nearly as much of it. So if Skip Bayless comes out, he tweets like lebron has to make it about himself for complimenting mj's emotion after winning his first title like mj didn't get beat by dirk or something you know like just the most random like i'm gonna tie this in here somehow like they'll do whatever it takes to to get noticed and honestly i mean it works it got you and i talking about it for sure yeah so nice strategy dan Uh, well, I get that. I guess that about wraps it up for us. Uh, another big weekend coming up of us sitting in uh, each of our gray rooms. It kind of looks like we're in in the same room.
4: Yeah, kind of does. That's
0: a yeah. side by side action right here. It's it's incredible. Yeah, nice nice paint job. I see that you stole that from me. Yep, sure did. Yeah, good pick. This it's a great room. Uh, all right, Pat. Well, thanks. This was a good time. I will uh, talk to you soon. Maybe see you in like a month, hopefully.
4: Yeah, we'll see, dude. They're um, in Kentucky, twenty fifth groups of 10 are allowed to meet
0: man dude you know how many elite groups of 10 you and i can put together it's kind of scary we gotta have like a 10 person poker game oh definitely and we we need to i mean we gotta start waiting out the the kind of hang-ons you know we gotta find an elite 10 each time yeah. you know, no you can't bring a friend not, not <laughs> no. yeah uh, exactly i love that all right pat well i'll talk to you soon tty